on the 21st day of the month of September, in an early year of a decade not too long before our own, the human race suddenly encountered a deadly threat to its very existence. And this terrifying enemy surfaced, as such enemies often do, in the seemingly most innocent and unlikely of places. So you ready to start this? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, good. Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And I'm still sick. We're going to have to deal with it. Scratch that. I'm the long-suffering Sergio. Suddenly Sergio. How are you long-suffering? I've had to listen to you sing the soundtrack to this this feature. For approximately 10 minutes. For a long time. What a, I was in the show. We'll talk about it. We're reviewing Little Shop of Horrors this week, but first, our 10-word reviews. All right, Brennan, start us off with West Side Story. Yes, we watched another. We watched some other musicals this month to teach Sergio about the form, I guess, or just accidentally. Uh, West Side Story has about as many hours as good songs. Three. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Uh, West Side Story, too long, but Natalie Wood makes it worth. In brown face. Ooh. She's just very tan. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, she's not in brown face, but she's putting on an accent. And it's yeah. weird. Well, I don't know she put on an accent. Her original name was Natalie Madera. No, it was not. It was something Russian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, anyway, next one. Cruising from 1980. Fun and kinky first hour, but the rest just sucks. Um, Cruising. Not enough gratuitous male sex. I require more. So you're looking for a porn movie, I Pretty think. Pretty much. I the was, guy gets fisted in a bar in that movie. I wanted more fists. I wanted <laughs> legs. Somebody should have okay. dove in there. <laughs> okay. Anyway, next one is Bad Moms. Female comedy from the Hangover writers. What could go wrong? Um, Bad Moms. Uh, okay, so my review for Bad Moms is Bad Moms. More like bad screenwriting and review. <laughs> That's good. Anyway. All right, Brennan. So tell the folks. You are so eager to tell the folks at home what we're, what we're reviewing this yes. week. So let them know. We're reviewing Little Shop of Horrors. Here, <gasps> yes. Here is the uh, description on the back of the DVD. Business blooms at Mushnick's flower shop. When an exotic potted plant called Audrey 2 arrives, it turns out to be a carnivorous mean green mother from outer space, filling that little shop with lots of horrors. What? Mean green mother? That's the name of the song. Oh, what song? Because I'm a mean green mother from outer space and I'm a okay, mean yeah. green I disliked that song. That's fair. Um, that one, I mean, we'll get into it, but that one was actually added to the movie. It was not in the original stage production. Okay. Uh, there's just a bunch of description. Anyway, so this is actually, this movie is based on a 1960 film by Roger Corman, The Little Shop of Horrors. It's about this nebbish Jewish guy who's in love with the uh, battered woman he works with. And the plant can talk and wants to make all his dreams come true and it needs to eat people to survive. And it convinces him to kill people to like better his life and get the girl 
Yeah. And, and it works. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that that's the, the original movie. Howard Ashman and Alan Menken, who you should know from literally every Disney movie that anyone likes. Um, Alan Menken. They did The Emperor's New Groove? Well, okay, fine. The musicals, they're the songwriting duo. Um, they, they did Sleeping Beauty? Own, no, they didn't. They're, that's too old. Okay. Um, no, but they did um, Beauty and the Beast. They did The, the Little, Little Mermaid. Mermaid, Aladdin. Yeah, um, I think Howard Ashman passed away during the production of Aladdin. Um, so I don't know if he finished it. He did some songs. Yeah. For sure there's like an extra song on the on like bonus material stuff. Yes. Is that Caged Bird song? It's um, you're Proud of Your Boy. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, Howard Ashman and Alan Menken made it into a Broadway show, and it was very successful, so they made it into a movie directed by Frank Oz from The Muppets, who played Miss Piggy. He also played Yoda in Star Wars. Um, so that is Yoda. He played. Yes, he did. Uh, so yeah, this has had a long history coming to the screen. This movie came out in 1986, and I'm ready to talk about it now. As always, go <laughs> review our movies. <laughs> You're ready to talk about it now. Yeah, based okay. on scariness, campiness, FX, and quality. I apologize. I'm a I'm a super fan of this movie. And he really is. Well, he uh, was like. A military general. Like, if I was on my phone, he was like, "What are you doing?" You were you were trying to go on Instagram during Suddenly Seymour, and I had to shut that down because that's the most important song in the history of the musical theater. I don't know if that's true. Oh my god, we'll we'll debate this. Time for my hot takes. (sighs) We will. But (laughs) (laughs) um, anyway, so what's happening? Uh, We're reviewing it. So, Brennan, give us your scariness. Yeah, I'll give you my score. This will be a fast one. One out of five screams. I gave it two. Really? Okay, why? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> great. I'm glad you really thought this through. I, I, I guess I was kind of scared at points. Like, oh, no, is he going to kill the shopkeeper, Maurice Moritz? Uh, Mushnick. Mushnick. Mushnick and son. That's a song from the musical that was not in the movie. Oh. I thought you were being racist for a little bit. Nope. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I was taken aback when I actually noticed that people were going to die. I didn't think that there was going to be a body count. I don't know why. You know, the title being Little Shop of Horrors, one could only assume. Yeah. And, like, when it first started requesting blood, I guess I should have seen what the long... <laughs> what the long-term What the long con was going to be there. Uh, but I didn't. And I, I guess, you know, Howard Ashman and Alan Macon can still surprise me uh-huh. to this day. Great. So good on them. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. Um, I remember you being kind of grossed out when the plant first started moving its little lips too, like going, trying to get that the blood. Disgusting. That was a disgusting sound. Yeah. Oh man, great stuff. Like I can do that. Okay, yeah, that isn't is that gross? gross. It is yeah. Gross. See. Um. But yeah. Even worse from a plant. I know. But okay, I gave this one out of five screams because as much as it's horror inflected, it. It is extremely silly, and that's on purpose because it's based on a B movie. And they're like, this movie's really dumb, and let's make it into a have musical. Have you ever seen the B movie? I have. I've seen the original, yeah. You mean with Jerry Seinfeld? Oh my God. I have seen that, yes. <laughs> I hate you so much. Yes, you do. Um, uh, so was it good, the B movie, like the original? Uh, the original, is, movie? Uh, it's pretty solid for a movie that was filmed in one week before the set got torn down. Really? Yeah, it was a, the set from a different movie, and um, Roger Corman was like, I could do something with this. <laughs> um, so yeah, then he did. He did. Good for him. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I think the idea is incredibly original and fun. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, it's it's you know it's Faust. You sell your soul to the devil, and things go bad. 
But um, the only thing I remember from the original movie is that I'm pr- at one point he like throws a rock in the air and it like hits a prostitute on the head or something. Really? <laughs> yeah, that scene was not retained. Well, bu- bu- bully for them. Okay. What's your campiness score? Uh, it's off the charts at five. Woo! Is this your first five? Probably not. No, I've given. I think I've given a five for everything at this point. Maybe no. except scariness. Yeah, five uh, out of five perms. Um. Well, there was no perms in this movie, but there was a lot of hairspray. Yes, uh, there, was. there was a lot of singing and dancing. Yes. A lot of misplaced. Antics on Seymour's part. Okay. What do you mean? Well, like him accidentally murdering uh, oh, okay. the dude, the dentist. Uh-huh. The dentist played by Steve Martin, who is yes. a sadist, which makes him the perfect job for a dentist. I really liked that song, the dentist like sadist song. I thought it was very, very smart. Good. And, you know, I expect no less from the dynamic duo of the duos. Are you talking about the scene where Bill Murray plays a uh, masochist? No, 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 no. I was talking about the songwriters. Oh, again, oh Ashman and Menken. Yeah. Okay. I, except I, w- I didn't want to give them too much. Like, I didn't want to mention their names. Oh, okay. I see. Constantly, so I, just I understand. Duo. Well, I give this movie five out of five perms also. And Bill Murray is one of the reasons. He plays a masochistic patient that comes to uh, Steve Martin's sadistic dentist character. He's, yeah, uh, and he unnerves Steve Martin, right? Yeah, no, because Steve Martin is a sadist, and mm-hmm. the fact that Bill Murray is into it uh-huh. is really frustrating because he wants to punish him. Uh-huh. <laughs> because, I mean, he's dating Audrey, who's the desirable girl for uh, Seymour, as played by Rick Moranis. And Audrey's played by Ellen Green, who is a treasure always. Uh, she is the tiniest woman with the biggest voice. I mean, for most of the part, she's ta- she talks like this. I can't do it. That, that was country. Yeah, I don't know what happened. She talks like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, you know, kind of. Very airy. Um, but she can just really bust along, you know? Mm-hmm. She goes from baby voice to, like, baby driver <laughs> in no time flat. Yeah, she's got a real belt on her. And not just on her dresses, which mm-hmm. she has. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, Bill do Murray. You know she was corseted in this movie? I don't know. She probably had to be. That's a really severe silhouette she yeah. has. And just, just, you know, she was busting out. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Okay. But so, 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 Bill Murray and Steve Martin have this incredibly hilarious scene. What was I going to say? I mean, they're both just really fantastic. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, the Bill Murray character in the original movie, that was played by Jack Nicholson. Oh, really? Yep. He used to work with Roger Perfect casting. Perfect casting. Yeah. Anyway, so this this movie's funny. Like, it's kind of making fun of B-movies because it's set in, like, the early 60s. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a part um, in the there's, – there's a really touching song that Audrey has called Somewhere That's Green. Um, that's about her dreams of a better life because she lives in Skid Row with this abusive boyfriend. And she is dreaming about, like, marrying Seymour and moving into the suburbs with a white picket fence and having Tupperware parties and mm-hmm. stuff. Which we all have. Uh-huh. Who among us has not had that, that fantasy? No, but she's looking at a Better Homes and Gardens magazine and imagining her life being like that, like, prim and perfect 50s lifestyle. Mm-hmm. With the Woody Allen, you know, <sighs> yes. man in her life. We'll talk about that in one second. But there's there, just her dreams are so small. They're so banal. There's a part where she's caressing a toaster because she doesn't have these things. 
And like the biggest thing she could possibly dream of is having a house that smells like pine salt with plastic on the furniture. I don't know. I think she outdoes herself when she like dreams for that 12 inch TV screen. Yeah. I was going to say that the big enormous 12 inch screen. Did did you really need to sing that? I did. Okay, good. This is the song that taught me where the sun sets. Cause she's like, (laughs) really? Yeah. No, because I never remember, and I have to think about the song, because she's like, the kids play Howdy Doody while the sun sets in the west, and I have to think about that every time. Every single time? I never remember. I don't know the directions. I'm a millennial. I mean, okay, I guess we all have reasons. When I need to remember the directions, I hearken back to first grade when my uh, teacher taught me, Miss Anders, thank you. Shout, Shout out, out. If you're <laughs> listening to this. Um she would be like, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. See, I didn't have a Miss Andrews, so I have Miss Audrey. Oh, okay, good. We all we all need a teacher in our lives to teach us where the sun sets. Yeah. And there's also, there's a part where she's putting together a flower arrangement for a funeral. <laughs> and um, she puts all these lilies in like a pot and she sprays them with glue and starts tossing glitter at them. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be funny or not. It is, and it's hilarious. Okay. Anyway, you want to talk about uh, Seymour being Woody Allen. Yeah. Go. Uh, There's not much to say. I think that's it. I was annoyed by the fact that he was Woody Allen. At first, I thought that was intentional because, I mean, Steve Martin plays the king, basically. Elvis. Um, For those not in the know. uh, Yes, plays Elvis Presley. um, And Ellen Green plays basically Marilyn Monroe. So I was like, oh, is he supposed to be... Is Alan, what's his face? Uh, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. Oh, God, I was going to go really racist right now. Um, <laughs> Rick Moranis plays uh, uh, a 70s Woody Allen. So I was like, oh. Well, that, I, that's I was, not really the same time period. It's not, but, but like you had the 50s, you had the 60s, uh-huh. you had the 70s. Okay. We made in the 80s. Yeah, you're right. Just covering all the bases. Uh-huh. Like, I understand just his nebbishness like nerdy mm-hmm. qualities that were not appealing to you. And I didn't know really, I guess maybe because, uh, Andrea had really simple dreams. Audrey. That it, was Audrey not Andrea? Nope. Okay. Audrey had really simple dreams and it would make sense that she would end up with this nerdy guy. Cause he's a pretty simple, straightforward dude. But I saw no qualities of him except the fact that he didn't hit her, I guess, uh-huh. which is would, important that would attract her to him. Well, the the thing is, I think the the, the this, this movie is Seymour's movie. It like he's the main character, and he has to be someone so incredibly downtrodden and neurotic to want what this plant is offering to him. This like the plant can seduce him because his life is so terrible, and I think that's part of it. Okay. Because this plant's like, I can get you that girl that you don't believe that you can get. I can get you riches beyond your wildest dreams if you just feed me people. Mm-hmm. And like he's like broken enough to be tempted by that, I think is the point. Although I understand you finding him annoying. <laughs> yes, that, that that makes sense. Yeah, like it. It's it's not a believable romance, but it's not necessarily supposed to be. Uh-huh. You know, you're right. Like what you, like you're right. It all comes together, I guess, when you put it that way. That this, you know, Faustian deal. Um, for the nerd, all works out in the yeah. end only because he's a nerd. If he were played by, you know, who's hot? Zach Efron. Who was hot in the 80s? Cheyenne Jackson. Who was hot in the 80s? Rob Lowe. Really? 
Yeah. He was like a kid. He was hot. Okay, fine. I, uh, <laughs> Who's James Brolin's dad? James Brolin. He's Josh Brolin's dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, James Brolin. Like, if this okay. were played by James Brolin, I guess you're right. He wouldn't necessarily need to make a deal with the devil because he'd already He's be the, the hottest man on earth. James Brolin. <laughs> you know, right? Barbara Streisand's I'm husband. I'm trying to think of someone old enough to be in this. In this movie in the eighties and still be hot. Yeah. Um I don't know. See, our minds are drawing blanks. I, I don't were Johnny people, Depp? Were people he well, he was a baby. Were people hot in the eighties? Uh Michael so. Bean, I think he's very attractive. Oof, how who is he? He's what what would you know him from? He's in the Terminator, he's in Aliens. Literally any of the stand-ins from Cruising could have been in this movie. And okay. again, yeah, Al Pacino in this <laughs> role. <laughs> and none of them would have needed to make a deal with the devil because they, I guess, their their characters by themselves would have been more more well off and not needed to need, need to make a deal need with the plant. Need to stoop so low to get the girl. They just have the girl okay. already. You know what? Let me tell you the original ending to this movie and the play. Okay. And we'll see if you like that better. Because they 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 changed it for this for the movie like in in translating it from the show because they thought it was too dark and the really? audiences the test audiences did not like it. Oh. Um. So in the original movie or in the original, well, the original movie and the original play, um, Audrey gets eaten by the plant. Oh no! And Seymour, I think if I remember correctly, I think tries to kill the plant from the inside, but he ends up also getting eaten. Um, so that's how that would work though. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was intentional. Yeah. I don't know. He either, he sacrifices himself whether nobly or stupidly. Mm -hmm. Um, and they both get eaten by the plant. And basically the implication is that the plant takes over the world or at least the, the, the finale song is called don't feed the plants. And it's um, like all the ensemble that's left is like, please, whatever they offer you, don't feed the plants. Because they're going to, like, take over the world and eat everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so with this ending, with them both dying tragically, do you think that would work better with you hating that character? Maybe. Because they don't end up together. I feel like, well, hmm. I guess either really works for me. Okay. Um, it was both pretty silly. It was all silly. So, uh, yeah, I guess if they died, it feeds more into the silliness aspect of the movie, of the playfulness. Of the campiness of it, yeah. Um, but at the same time, like them and they, I'm to me, it's I'm unaffected. Okay, that's fine. Let's talk about effects. Um, what's your score? Question. Yeah. This is random. Okay. And kind of a tangent. Okay. But during your production of this feature, did you guys do the like? Were you true to the original Broadway musical? The ending. Uh huh. Yes. Um, because that is there is no other version in the stage play. Okay. Um, they highly changed the third act of the movie, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But yeah, the original play, we had everyone get eaten by the plant. It's very sad. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. Like people are crying. It's, it's, it's a sad ending. People cry? Yeah. The way you described it seems just like whatever's. They both get eaten. Seems like whatever's. Well, you you gotta see it. The it it's the the third act is completely different in the show, uh -huh. and Seymour makes like a little more sacrifice, I guess. Um, I don't know. 
Is it heroic? Like, does not really? Does a sad song play in the background? Well, yeah, it's a sad song. Like Sarah um, McLaughlin and the animal yeah, song. Yeah, the arms of an angel. Um, from here. Yeah, no, there's a sad song that Audrey sings before she dies. I don't remember and entirely what it is. Oh my god, what's your effects score? Okay, now you know what it's like to have someone singing when you don't want them to. I couldn't sleep. I took a Salmonix. Okay. The um, I gave it a three. Go to see three for effects. Um, okay. Uh. I liked the plant. That was pretty much the effect. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's not a gory movie. Oh. <sighs> okay. Well, what, do you, are you sad? I'm holding myself back. I'm giving it five out of five plants. Why so many plants? Uh, they created a living plant. I don't think it was really living. They they made it look like that. I think that's good puppetry. Yeah, and that's effects, and that's five out of five, because. This is maybe the most incredible practical special effect that has ever been put on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that the lips on this puppet actually form the syllables that the plant is saying is completely unbelievable. I still have no idea how they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Because th- this had to come from someone who grew up with the Muppets. Because mm-hmm. Frank Oz like, was... His trial by fire was playing freaking Miss Piggy on the Muppets and Yoda and all of these iconic characters. Um, only he could have made this movie work the way it did. Because, you know, even the Muppets, their their lips don't move. Their mouths flap and mm-hmm. they make the sounds. Mm-hmm. But this plant, its lips move. It has this incredibly rendered character even before it talks, even when it's this little plant just trying to reach for his blood. And... I'm just blown away by that puppet. It's so cool. And it's really, really believable and good. And I love it so much. And I mean, that's fair. It's You're spot on with that. Yeah. The reason why I gave it a three is because the rest of the movie just seems like a bunch of sets. You're right. Oh, it's very stage bound. Mm-hmm. It is not really hiding that. Uh-huh. Which, again, ties in more to the campiness. I felt like I was no, watching right. something more of a Broadway play than a movie. Yeah, it, it creates this kind of like fantasy mm-hmm. and this like very uh, stagey because it, it's an it's a B movie. Mm-hmm. It's creating that like feeling and of like watching a musical. Uh-huh. But yeah, I just I love that plant so much, and even the the blood drops like on his finger that is pretty realistic. Not not a big moment of gore, but I think smaller moments that you can relate to are kind of harder to create anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's fair. How'd you feel uh, you when just, he had all of his fingers bandaged up? Oh you sorry You're so... No, I didn't. Oh. I mean, that would have hurt. Mm-hmm. I did. I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't think I could feed that plant because I don't want to keep poking my fingers with needles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is... You're just like judging me for like my passion and I think that's inappropriate because I'm, I'm just trying though. to live my truth. I'm not though. Okay. All right, so quality. Yeah, what's your quality score? I gave it a four. Good. I'm glad you did. Yes, thank you. Why? Why did I give it a four? Yeah. For all the reasons that we've mentioned, it was overall a good okay. movie. The lyrics and the songs were very catchy. Yes. Um, SNL has written a song based on that dentist song. Oh, so, cool. So, you know, it has longevity. It's just, it's you know, it's good. Yeah, it really does. I mean, and you knew Somewhere That's Green because they did a, an extended parody yeah, of like, it on I Family mean, Guy. This movie, I've never seen it before, but it's lived on in certain things that I have seen. And that's, yeah. you know, it gets credit for that. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, I, 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 I don't, 
I don't want to pressure you into like, I'm so glad you did like it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to push any more than that. Mm-hmm. But I give it five out of five unlucky stars. It's one of my favorite movies. Is it, it really? Is. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of reasons. Like what what I just said, my emphatic five out of fives in the previous two. I think uh, tr- this is one of the best translations of a musical from stage to screen. Because even though it is very stagey, um, Frank Oz utilizes a lot of like really interesting close-ups. Like when he introduces Audrey's character, you see her heels coming into frame, and then it pans mm-hmm. up to her, and there's a lot of little things like that that you really like. I really liked the shot. I mean, I guess I didn't like the content of the shot, but when uh-huh. uh, Steve Martin and uh, Audrey were about to like fight or something, he pulls her into this one scene, and you can see their silhouetted bodies. Yes. And that was just a really gorgeous shot, so you're right about that. Yeah, and there's a part where um, there's a song called Supper Time where the there's uh, the plant is singing to Seymour about, like, you got to feed me at supper time. You got to feed me your boss. And the camera pans out the window, and it sees the urchins, who are these three. Um, well, it's this little – it's a trio. It's a girl group mm-hmm. of singers. Like a, One of them is Tashina Arnold, who you might know from literally anything. Probably. Um, but yeah, the uh, the girls, they're like the the Greek chorus of this mm-hmm. show. They're kind of the narrators. They sing back up on a lot of the songs. And they're meant to be this like 50s doo-wop group. And they're all named after groups. Um, Chiffon. Cri- yeah, Crystal, Chiffon, and Ronette. And the, the Crystals and the Ronettes. And the, they're all. The Chiffons. Yeah. The Chiffons did One Fine Day. Like one fine day. Yeah. Yeah, so the camera pans past the plant and Seymour. I didn't know that. That was a good point. Thank you for pointing that out for me. No problem. I know a lot about this movie. Yes, you do. Um, but the camera pans past Seymour and his boss in the plant and out the window and um, the the girl group emerges from the shadows across the street and it's all in this one shot. And there's, there's so much motion in this movie. Mm-hmm. It really utilizes its ensemble. Mm-hmm. It really utilizes the... There's not a lot of dancing it's not i a did dance like movie. that device with the well i mean i loved the device i guess uh-huh. um i love the girl group just oh, by themselves great, yeah. they were great i love the device that they kept appearing when needed or just to like accent certain scenes yeah and um i now that you mention it like i think it was suddenly seymour when uh ellen green's character is on one balcony and seymour's on another and then you can kind of see them like even farther in yeah the distance. and i was just like well that's really cool so yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's a lot of really good material with them and they they heard the movie along. Like mm-hmm. the camera follows their motions into mm-hmm. whatever you're supposed to be looking at next. Mm-hmm. Like a, in the very last scene, which is the cheesiest thing that was written for the movie. Like they run off into their fantasy, the picket fence, house, beautiful life, everything. Mm-hmm. And then the girl group comes by, the urchins, and they are just kind of dancing and walking off. And the camera follows them and then pans down to show you, like, oh, the plant is in the garden, whatever, mm-hmm. horror movie ending. But they guide the viewer through this world. And they're it's the so, narrator. Yeah, it's so smooth and there's so much, like, motion and, like, the camera itself is dancing. Mm-hmm. Much like um, there would be on a Broadway play. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, no cameras in Broadway, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Like he really utilizes the camera in a way that you that literally doesn't exist in Broadway, mm-hmm. and it's a really good translation. I will say, you know, this is a movie that I really love, but there are two things that I think are problems with it. I know I'm so brave. That character, 
What character? The nerd? No, I, I don't have a problem with Seymour. Oh. Because that's the point. I do think um, this story of people struggling on Skid Row um, has an all-white cast <laughs> and is a little bit of a problem in that regard. Because mm-hmm. the ensemble is incredibly racially diverse, mm-hmm. but <laughs> everyone with actual speaking lines is a white person. Mm-hmm. and It was a movie made in its time. No, you're right. And at least they did include people of color, especially mm-hmm. the, the urchins mm-hmm. and every word Is else. that their name or is that your name for No, them? that's their name. Okay, They're okay. street urchins. Okay. But um, that I would definitely, I would love to see a restaging of it with... I think they are. Really? Yeah. I think it's going to be one of those things that people do. Like during the holiday season, you know, like they do with Pan. Oh, and Peter Greece, Pan and oh, and, one um, of them live shows. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like the Wiz. Okay, I would love that. Yeah, I'm sure they have on Broadway too. Yeah, I think too. I did a Google search for just like Little Shop of Horrors and Rebel Wilson's being courted for maybe Ellen, Ellen's character. Okay, I do know there was a short, uh, pr- I think it was a charity production of um, Little Shop of Horrors in New York a couple of years ago, and Jake Gyllenhaal played Seymour. Really? Yeah. Is there a video or is there yeah, video of him singing? Um, let me look that up. I'll show you after. Wow. Um who knew? But yeah, he's he actually played alongside Ellen Green. He did what? He it was him and Ellen Green playing oh, the really? roles. Yeah. Here's oh, a cool. picture of them. See, that's a more May December relationship right there. Yes. Oh, I love Ellen Green so much. She's he incredible. looks good right there. How long ago was this? Not too long. Like I was working at the back lot, so 2015. Oh, so yeah, he's he's keeping it good. Yeah, she Ellen Green is one of my favorite actresses ever. She, what are you doing? I'm playing the stand with my boyfriend song. Okay. Why? To prove that it's like a dentist. Okay, I don't know about that. Um, Fine. Yeah, Ellen Green is 66 right now. Uh, most recently, um. She was in, well, more recently, she was in Pushing Daisies, mm-hmm. the uh, quickly canceled two season show with Lee Pace. And she also got to sing some songs in that. There's, and she has an incredible rendition of, uh, oh my God, of a religious song called, oh, what's it called? You're so distracting by playing this video. Um, I want you to see. Okay, can you show me after? Fine. Okay. Uh, sing for the city, sing for the morning. It's a song. It's a it's a religious song about the morning. Is it a psalm? Is that a thing? Is that a religious song? I don't know. Okay, uh, it's really good. Okay, sings in pushing days. I got really distracted. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. I distracted you. I claim I lay ownership for that. I claim ownership. Thank you. Um, but my other complaint is that because they shifted the third act to have a happy ending, it's very perfunctory. Like it's very short and kind of rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, they added the song Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, which I do like. I like that song. It has the little buds of the plant singing like, ah, and I think that's super adorable and fun. But uh, it just really rushes through the story at the end and goes to this really chintzy ending. And well, I, I, I don't mind those characters not dying. Cause I don't want to cry tonight. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
it, it's it's just a little. It could have been massaged a little more to fit better into the movie. Like everything after suddenly Seymour is just like a breakneck pace. Uh, but anyway, I think that's what I have to say about that. Okay, seems like it's good enough for me. Okay, um, what I want to ask: What was your favorite song in this? Was it the dentist song? Um, that was really smart. Uh, uh-huh. Just that concept by itself. I think my favorite song would have to be somewhere that's green. Okay, yeah, that's such a beautiful like mournful. I don't song know if it's beautiful. I just like it as all. You don't got to get deep on me. That's not even deep. It's just pretty. It's a pretty song. It's a nice song. And my favorite song is Suddenly Seymour. I I did a project for a class where I re-changed the words to Suddenly Seymour and performed it in class. As to recently what? as sophomore year in college. To what? Um, it you was, performed this song in college? Yeah. To what? For what? We need more details. Okay, fine. It was my human sexuality class, and it was about... Um, my research project about um, sexually transmitted diseases and hookup apps like Grinder. And you made a song to this? Yeah, it was called Suddenly Grinder, and it was great. I'm sure it was. Good for you, Brennan. Yeah. Wow. I just I love a good belt, like belting numbers. Anyway, I'm going to tell you what we're watching next week. But first, here's how to contact us. If you please tell us your opinions about Little Shop of Horrors. Tell us your favorite song. Would you sing that song for us at some point? I sing it right now if you want. Give me like just the hook. Nobody ever. I don't remember. I'm just going to sing the original song because I don't remember my grinder song. You don't remember your grinder song? You don't have it saved somewhere? I have it saved somewhere. I'll look it up for next time. Okay. I'll just sing Suddenly Seymour in full. No, okay. Suddenly Seymour. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just, I was so curious about this song. I will, I will look it up. Um, I, I don't remember any of it. I, I learned it like the night of, and the performance wasn't great. The singing was fantastic, but I forgot some of the words. I'm sure it was. Anyway, find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. You can email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars, please, like I gave to this movie, and Sergio almost did, which is as good as I can hope for. I mean, obviously, I'm really in the weeds on this movie. Like, I'm I'm in deep, mm-hmm. and I... Okay, yeah. I didn't want to, like, pressure you. Could you hear me on the mic? I don't think so, and okay, I hope good. not. Um. <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining me for this and for humoring me. Uh, like I hate putting pressure on you because I know you don't like to feel like you need to like movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we did well this time. Yeah. And next week we'll be watching Primary Colors. Oh my God, no! He's been trying. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be watching a musical starring everyone's favorite uh pop artist, Paris Hilton. Um, what? Not starring. She's just in it. But it's Repo, the genetic opera. Okay. She's in it. Uh, For like a scene, I think. She's going to be my my um, Seymour in this movie. Even though the gods are crazy. Yes. Even though the stars are blind. I really yes. like Paris Hilton's album. <laughs> yes, um, you do. Brennan's just a lover of all things music. I just, you know, I just have a big heart, you know. Um, and Paris Hilton's so tiny. She fits right in there. Okay. Anyway, um, Repo the Genetic Opera, I've never seen it. I'm interested in seeing how it goes. From the director of Saw 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> so, fun stuff. All right, cool. Carrie um, Elwes? That's an actor. Didn't he direct one of them? No. Oh, who directed the first one? 
Uh, James Wan. Oh, okay. Okay. I am just in the woods right now, man. It's time to go. It's time to leave. Yeah, I, it, I was told don't go into the woods, and I did the opposite. Okay, that's a joke that makes no sense to our listeners. It's a reference to something we talked about privately earlier. I wasn't sure we talked about it on the pod. No, we did not. Um, our theme song is A Beat For You by Pseudo Echo. Thanks always to them for using, letting us use it. It's very late. I'm I very swear sick. I'm sober. It's time to go home. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and good luck on your journey. And stay gold. Beautiful. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hello there. I'm Uncle Ponyboy. Do you like suspense? Don't go in there! Buckets of blood and human excrement? Pour upon me! Gratuitous nudity with more boobies than you can handle? Let me see them. And radical hairstyles? Oh, yeah! Then you should check out the Gore Gab Podcast, hosted by yours truly and DJ Gill. You can find us on the iTunes Podcast Store and on Twitter at Gorgab Podcast. And while you're at it, go ahead and go check out cupholderradio.com. It's podcast for the weird at heart.